She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right. Hey there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know what? We have had our now, we've had our July 4th holiday. We've enjoyed ourselves. And now it's back to the news a little bit. And I'm not going to lie to you. um, I thought July the 5th, uh, today's my anniversary. It's my anniversary with my husband. We've been married for, I'm not going to say how many years, but quite a bit. And, um, but then I thought to myself, you know, last week I had off and this week, I'm wanting to be here and be present. And obviously, July the 4th, nobody's watching political news, culture, you know, who's watching that. Um, So we took yesterday and we celebrated with a friend of mine who it was her 60th birthday and she had a big, huge bash. We went to that. But otherwise, it's just been a, a fantastic day to be here with you. And so here I am. And I'm glad that you're here. And so I want to remind you about the limits that we're experiencing with uh, latency on Facebook. And I know there are some people who are kind of like, where's the stream on Periscope? We have the ability to stream to a ton of different places, but it basically segments the audience off into these different locales. And I want everyone concentrated over at StacyOnTheRight.com. So I'm open to your feedback. You can go ahead and email me at Stacy at StacyOnTheRight.com. Um, and you can send your tips, any news stories or tips, things you want to see covered on the show. I'll definitely take a look at those. You can send those to info at StacyOnTheRight.com. You can also send uh, requests for affiliates or um, advertising to info at StacyOnTheRight.com. So uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about this couple suing for the wrongful birth of their daughter and uh, Representative Rose, who says that less than 5% of the $4.6 billion that was recently approved and signed into legislation by uh, the president Less than 5% of that will help reduce the plague of illegal immigration. And then another story about food. Uh, Remember on the day before July the 4th, we covered the story about Oreo um, and their pride cookies. Well, now you've got Dunkin' Donuts. This time, it's a good news story. They're cracking down on their partners, franchisees who are hiring illegal workers and not using E-Verify. Now, this is something that I just love. Uh, Nothing about the punishment or anything, but the fact that they are a company that is committed to following the law. This is so important. Um, It's so important. And then uh, we're going to talk about totally not shocking Mexico admitting migrants who are buying children to cross the border. So Mexico actually now admits that some of the people that you see who are crossing the border with kids are doing so with kids that they've purchased. They're not they're Cause at one point we'd reported here that they were renting them. Um, they're not just renting them. They're actually purchasing them, which means it's a throwaway kid. When they get here to the United States and the kid has ceased their usefulness, they don't have to keep those kids around, do they? So um, I want to talk about evildoers. That's our encouragement today. Now, if you are an evildoer, this isn't going to be encouraging to you. But since we're not evildoers, we are uh, saved by God's grace. We we will not be um, we will not be hurt by these statements. They're coming straight from the Bible. So, First Chronicles seventeen nine says, "I will establish a place for my people, Israel, and plant them so that they may live there and not be disturbed again." Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they formerly have. Job 8.20 says, Behold, God will not cast away the perfect man, neither will he help the evildoer. So in other words, God's not helping people who are evildoers. It might look like they've got some kind of you know thing going on because they're doing evil with impunity and nothing's happening, but not true. Not true. Um, in Job 11.20 It says, but the eyes of the evildoers will be wasting away. Their way of flight is gone and their only hope is the taking of their last breath. Job 1534 says, for the band of the evildoer gives no fruit. And the tents of those who give wrong decisions for reward are burned with fire. So obviously God has a thing against evildoers. And we don't want to be caught in that midst. We don't want to be counted among those numbers. So we have to be 
it's a decision that we make that we're going to turn away from and flee evil and we're going to run towards and seek out that which is good. We're going to strive for righteousness and holiness and we're going to actively resist the temptation to engage in anything that God would see as evil doing. So it's actually an encouragement to us because we know that God cannot change his mind or lie about what the Bible says. His word is true and it withstands the tests of time and the vagaries of what men will or will not do. And so we have good working order there. It's something that we can take comfort in and be assured by. And that's encouraging. So (laughs) I'm glad to be able to cover that today here on the show. Um, And of course, as always, you can find everything that we talk about on the show notes. Just head over to listen.stacyontheright.com and you'll find everything you need to find about the podcast and more. Um, So let's talk about uh, the couple suing for the wrongful birth of their daughter. Well, actually, I do want to get to that. But I think I'm going to go first here to Dunkin' Donuts cracking down on the illegal workers. So um, and this is this is pretty, pretty stunning. Um, I've been, I've been one of those people who sometimes, I mean, have you ever, have you ever thought to yourself, I wonder if businesses really pay attention to the laws surrounding whether or not you can hire someone? Um, and, and if you can hire someone, what the, what the parameters around that are, if we were to have all of the companies in this country basically say, look, we're not going to engage in this illegal hiring of workers. Um, we would see an amazing outflux of individuals who absolutely wouldn't have anywhere to work here. And if they didn't have anywhere to work, they wouldn't, um, they would, they wouldn't be here. I'm, I'm serious that I know it, it sounds, oh, it's so simple. It is the one weapon that we have that has gone largely unused. And that is cracking down on corporations who are found to have employees whose social security numbers don't match their name by the IRS. And then finding, not just finding them a little bit, but finding them to the degree that it is no longer profitable for them to hire foreign workers. So um, the story here, it makes a lot of sense and it's important for us to cover. So you got Dunkin' Donuts cracking down on their illegal workers. Um, And we're supposed to just call them Dunkin' now. So by the way, they're just Dunkin'. They're not Dunkin' Donuts. But they've been canceling their franchise agreements with a number of franchisees, primarily in the Northeast. And they're moving to boot them out of the buildings that they, because it's like a partnership with franchises. You either own the building or they do. You own the land. You know, all of them do it differently. But internal review by Dunkin' found that several outlets in the Northeast actually were failing to properly verify the citizenship status and legal right to work of their employees. They found that these franchises were not using E-Verify, which is specified as something that they must do in their franchise agreement. So they don't, they don't actually have the ability to make the decision, I'm not going to use E-Verify. They have to use it. So they're outraged at the, the, their franchisees aren't following the rules. So they're moving to oust the owners and take over the restaurants. The Massachusetts-based breakfast and lunch restaurant, now known as Dunkin', has sued to stop their franchise owners from operating. The most recent lawsuits were filed in Delaware and Pennsylvania amid what appears to be a crackdown on franchisees' employment verification practices. Now, this is all being reported in the magazine Restaurant Business. Now, I think it's really a good thing that they're doing this. Um, at, but, of course, the backlash will be that leftists who are fresh off of cracking heads in uh, Portland, Oregon, will probably get their plastic shields and their black bandanas and strap around their faces and come over and try to execute some mob boss type activity on uh, Duncan. They'll probably do boycotts. They'll probably call them racist, um, you know, whatever. But it sounds to me like Dunkin' Donuts, who they have absolutely been clear that they will not participate in um, one side or the other of the culture wars. Now they're saying for the good of the order, for the good of Americans, for the good of what is all, you know, the, the only stuff that really matters, they're going to keep their employees Americans, lawfully employed American citizens. You got to respect it. Now, you guys know we I've had... 
a number of issues with uh, Starbucks. And and it's kind of painful in some ways because we have our oldest daughter just loves Starbucks. It's I think it's that Starbucks drinks are super sweet and she likes super sweet drinks um, because the coffee is not the best coffee you've ever had. Caldi's is kind of the best coffee you've ever had. And and also Black Rifle coffee. I got I to gotta go, go there. Um, but Dunkin', their coffee's actually good. And I've been there before and had... Um, quite a few of the different, like they have lattes, they have this and that, and they have unsweetened uh, syrup that you can put in. So instead of putting in the one that's sweetened, if you're on, you know, if you're dieting, if you're cutting back at all, you can have the unsweetened and so you get the flavor without the sugar and it's actually pretty good. You should try it if you haven't. Um, So I've been really surprised by how tasty their coffee drinks are, iced and and hot. And I've been like I kind of make it a point to know where the closest Dunkin' is because the Starbucks, I think they have like a five to one ratio. I see Starbucks everywhere in comparison to where I see Dunkin' Donuts, but they do have stores. Um, and back when I was still eating bagels and I still ate carbs, I really liked their breakfast sandwiches. But again, um, you know, you can't knock the food at Starbucks. It's actually really good. But their politics and the way they keep injecting it into everything, that's not so good. So my, my big deal with, with all of it is I just want I just want to have food that I don't have to worry about the political leanings of the people who are actually selling it. So that, that's not too much to ask. All right. Let me get to this story about the couple suing for the wrongful birth of their daughter. This is over at the Christian Institute. So this is a couple in Australia, but it just goes to show you how far the cult of death and people who basically bow down to abortion, how far they'll go. This is a couple in Australia and they've been granted permission to sue an ultrasound clinic for not diagnosing their daughter with Down syndrome. Again, the ultrasound clinic did not catch that their daughter had Down syndrome. They say they would have aborted the baby, but now she's four years old. They would have aborted her if they'd known she was going to be Down syndrome. Now they've not been named. They're trying to protect them. They're seeking damages for the cost of raising their daughter as well as their future loss of earnings in caring for her. So the story, the timeline is this. It was August of 2014. The mom underwent an ultrasound at Queensland Gold Coast Clinic to detect genetic abnormalities. Now let me pause it right here and put a pin in it. I had to tell you something. Usually these tests are wrong in the other direction where moms are told your baby has birth defects, you should have an abortion. The moms go back and forth, they're maybe with their pastors or the clergy or whatever, and they come to the decision that they just can't do it, they can't have an abortion, and then they have a healthy baby. That is like 75%, that, that rate of basically misdiagnoses on, on uh, ultrasound. Now in this couple's case, it went the other way. The sonographer and doctor subsequently advised them not to undergo further testing because their risk level was in the low range. But then when the baby was born, she required intensive care. The couple are suing them for wrongful birth and the mom is suing for personal injury. Now this is their child. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's kind of shocking that they would say these things about her because she's going to eventually learn that this is what they felt. Now, in the UK in 2017, it was revealed that the National Health Service had given 70 million pounds and compensation to parents who said they would have aborted their children if they'd known they were disabled. These payments took place over the previous five years and included claims for conditions such as Down syndrome. So forget about every life having value. Forget about the fact that Down syndrome kids, if, the, if, if their parents are willing, Down syndrome kids can grow up to lead autonomous lives. In other words, if you don't just say, my kid has Down syndrome, so she's just, you know, she or he is just, you know, nothing. If you treat your Down syndrome kid like any other kid and read to them and teach them right from wrong and bring them up as you would any other child. I mean, I, I know some people who they're Down syndrome kids. When you meet them, you obviously know they're Down syndrome kids because of their appearance. But when you talk to them, you're like blown away. These kids are intelligent and they're not going, they're not like just living at home for the rest of their lives. They're actually living on their own in apartments. Some are getting married. I mean, the, the idea that they can't do anything, they're, they're just a burden. This is something that the enemy wants us to believe. 
that some lives are better than others, that some lives aren't worth living, that some people just have to die. That's straight from the pit of hell. That's the evil we were discussing. We don't want to be among, found among those evildoers. We can't hold those beliefs. They're not true. All right, when we get back, we'll be talking uh, about immigration. Stay right there. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. As we watch in horror, nightly news plays images of starved Venezuelan citizens run down in the streets as they protest for freedom from the murderous socialist dictator Nicolas Maduro. He has starved his citizens, deprived them of health care, food and supplies, all while maintaining a very healthy figure. Without the support of his well-armed military, Maduro would have been deposed months ago. But the collapse of Venezuela began back in 2012, when private ownership of firearms was outlawed. Only military and police forces and a few security contractors are permitted to purchase guns from a state-owned weapons manufacturer. Citizens were forced to give up their guns or face 20 years in jail. Now only criminals own guns. In more ways than one, Venezuela is a cautionary tale for Americans toying with socialism and gun control. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Stacey on the Right is brought to you by the Ask Noah Show, airing every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central. Do you have questions about Linux or tech? Enjoy hearing others speak tech? Well, this is the podcast for you. You can listen to previous episodes at AskNoahShow.com, that's asknoahshow.com. Join the Ask Noah Show community by adding their Telegram group or participating in the interactive online community chat. Ask Noah also brings you AltiSpeed Technologies. Wherever you are in the U.S., give them a call or click today to learn how AltiSpeed can take your business IT infrastructure to the next level. Tune in on demand at asknoahshow.com or listen live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Time. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. Encourage means to give support, confidence, or hope to someone. That is one of the chief aims of the Stacey on the Right Show. One might think that a political opinion program should loudly rail against the machine. But it was 1 Thessalonians 5.11 that launched the Daily Encouragement segment. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as you are doing. Or Joshua 1.9, which says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God's word is encouraging. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Welcome back to Stacey on the Right. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being with us today. You can go over to StaceyOnTheRight.com, hit the subscribe button. All right, so um, let's dig into this 4.6 4.6 billion in wall funding. And by the way, the president tweeted out a couple of days ago and I didn't really I didn't really catch it until I was kind of catching up on Telegram. I follow him on Telegram where he posts a lot of the tweets. I don't I don't know if it's a one for one ratio because I also follow him on Twitter, but it's easier for me to catch his Telegram page. And so on his Telegram page, I was going back through and scrolling through and I found that he had actually tweeted this out. The news reports about the Department of Commerce dropping its quest to put the citizenship question on the census is incorrect or to state it differently, fake. We are absolutely moving forward as we must because of the importance to the answer to this question. Remember, uh, congressional districts are drawn and determined by population. And so the census helps us decide how many congressional districts, if you need to add congressional districts or due to population loss, if you lose congressional districts, you lose seats in Congress. This is not, obviously that's the way the founders intended it. It actually works to our favor because everyone gets the same level of representation um, because congressional districts are drawn for size. But if you have an outsized illegal alien population, you could actually have more seats in the House than a state that doesn't. 
those illegals would then be able to vote and influence the legislative direction of this country, and they're not even citizens. Even if they don't vote, you still have new congressional districts, and even if the people who are voting in those congressional districts are actually citizens, those congressional districts only exist because of population of people who shouldn't be in the country. So the question is important. And the reason why liberals are fighting it so hard, well, without the citizenship question, you have illegals answering the census, telling us all about themselves, but not telling us that they're not here illegally. They're not telling us they're here illegally. But with the citizenship question, it would encourage a lot of them. They'd be afraid that the government would now have their address and their name and all of their personal demographics and also know that they're in the country illegally. So they'd be worried about deportation. So some of them would not answer. Some would self-deport. Um, but the bigger issue is that if they answer, let's just say they answer or they don't answer, they refuse to complete the census. The government researchers can use the answer or refusal to complete to paint a new picture, a more accurate picture of how many people are in the country illegally. So this is about power and it's about keeping information from the American people. See right now, Americans hear that we have about 300, 320 million people in this country. They think 11 million, that's a lot. It's twice the population, more than twice the population of the state that I live in in Missouri but it's not necessarily, um, like it's, it's not a number that frightens people. It's not more than black people in this country. I mean, you just think to yourself, well, how many more of whatever group is it? But if we were to learn that the number was more like 30 million or 40 million, don't you think Americans would suddenly have a big problem with that? I know I've had a problem with it the whole time, but I think Americans would be so alarmed by that that they would shift politically to support ideas that limit unlawful immigration. Now, I'm not saying all of a sudden we crop up with Americans overwhelmingly supporting a massive deportation force, but I think you would see a change in the attitudes. Americans are very generous, but they don't necessarily want to support law-breaking at a scale like that. So, Representative Rose was railing. He says, this is the quote from him. Less than 5% of the funds that we approved will have realistic impact on reducing the plague of illegal immigration that faces our country. He said this last Thursday after the House passed a bill providing $4.6 billion. He used his allotted one-minute time addressing the House to tell his colleagues that um, it doesn't address the real crux of the problem at the southern border. He says, here's his quote, we should not confuse... The action that the House took today to address the real crux of the problem at our southern border. Indeed, less than 5% of the funds that we approve will have a realistic impact. Rose called on the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, to support funding of a border wall construction and send a clear message around the world that this country intends to enforce its borders and enforce its immigration laws. Now, I find this kind of insulting. I mean, let's just let's let's get real here. What is it for then? What are they going to spend the four point six billion? So in his remarks, he said, we all share sympathy for the children and individuals who find themselves suffering conditions at our southern border. And I'm, I'm going to stop right there. If you don't like the conditions at the southern border, stay in your home country. You don't like the detention facilities, stay in your home country. I, that is not harsh. That is logic. Think the Rio Grande is too difficult to swim? Stay in your country. This isn't about us accommodating people from other countries. We can't. Our country is not big enough to house the billions of people around the world who, if they were given a choice, they would live here. Again, they would only want to live here until they all got here. And then this country would be like so many other countries around the world, unlivable. And then they would be looking to go somewhere else. So he says we all share sympathy. Uh, but we should not confuse the action that the House took today that it addresses the real crux of the problem at the southern border. Indeed, less than 5% of the funds that we approve will have a realistic impact. He says he calls upon his speakers, uh, his colleagues on the speaker to, uh, after the Independence Day recess, so now, take up the issue and send a clear message around the world that this country intends to enforce its borders. And he says, I support and call upon the speaker to allow us to provide the funding to build a wall and support the president's efforts to control illegal immigration. So now I want to get to 
uh, this, this, and this, again, this is where you feel like you're in the twilight zone. Mexico is now admitting that a lot of these babies and children we see getting carried across the border and holding on the hands of people that none of these people, these are their kids, none of them. We've been hearing stories for a, a long time about illegal aliens showing up at the southern border with children and the children turn out to be theirs, not to be theirs. But in some cases, the kids are actually friends of the family or they're, they're, it's not their child, but it's their relative, you know, so it's still someone in their family. But in a lot of the cases, in an increasing number of the cases, it turns out that the kids are being trafficked and they bring them as a get out of jail free card. Now, Democrats always say that's not true, but it is absolutely the truth. I trust the Customs and Border Patrol guys to tell us something closer to the truth than what the Democrats are reporting. Now, the Daily Wire is reporting this week that Mexican officials are now admitting that this has been going on for some time. They've been warning women in border towns and cities to keep their children under close watch because migrants have been offering to buy their kids. Also, the numbers of such incidents that have been discovered at the border have spiked sharply. U.S. border authorities have already verified their claim that some illegal immigrants are using children who aren't theirs to enter the United States. Mexican authorities are now agreeing. They're reporting on uh, this situation in Tijuana that these illegal immigrants are preying on vulnerable single mothers in shelters. They go to the shelters where the, the mothers are and they say, look, you want to, you want to, it's a get out of jail free card. And also you get money in your pocket, sell us your kid. We'll take your kid to America and she'll be in America and you'll be here, but you'll, you won't have to, the burden of caring for her anymore and you'll have money in your pocket. That's what they're telling these people. Seattle Times is reporting on Tijuana law enforcement authorities warning migrant mothers to keep their children close by and supervised because men are offering to purchase them in order to cross. One woman from Honduras said, I can't go to work because I can't take my eyes off my boys. She's been offered roughly $350 to buy her children at a shelter in Tijuana. She said they want to rob our kids so they can cross into the United States. A pastor there named Gustavo Banda, who supervises the Iglesias Embajadores, the, yeah, the shelter, secures the shelter with a chain lock. So he locks them in. He says these are cases of desperation. Of course, the women have not accepted any of these offers, but clearly... This is a huge concern because of the danger to the children. So this was a rare occurrence at one point. This hasn't always been the norm. Between September of 2016 and August of 2017, there were 46 cases of bogus family claims that were discovered. This data was confirmed by the New York Times. But in just the five months from September 2018 through the end of January of this year, there were 191 cases recorded, which is a 315% increase. And those are the ones that are reported and caught. So that's where they suspected something was going on, that that wasn't their child. They ran a DNA swab or, you know, basically they did something to the questioning of the, of the person and figured out that it wasn't their child, the question of child. So you have people arriving from countries in Central America. You have people arriving from the African continent. You now have Middle Easterners coming here. And nobody here knows these people. So how are you actually supposed to be able to tell that the child isn't theirs unless the child lets slip, you know, because that's the, the beauty of children is that they're not aware of how they're being used. So they, they don't know everything they're supposed to say. So if you speak to them and, you know, you're kindly just inquiring about them, they'll eventually tell you, well, my mom and dad are back in so-and-so or that's not my dad, he's nice to me, or he's mean to me, he's not my dad, they'll eventually share. But there's a bigger issue here. And it's an enraging issue. And the bigger issue is that we're talking about human beings. And for all of the rhetoric we've seen from the Democratic debates where Democrats claim now there's a crisis at the border, now that they can run on it, it's a crisis. Now that they can actually get people to vote for them on it, now it's a crisis. But remember, it was a manufactured crisis before that. These people don't care that these kids are in this situation. And I know one of the big stories from this week was that AOC 
went down to the border all in white and she cried and she yelled at border people. And, you know, she was just like, uh, it was like a reality TV show for her. She doesn't take anything seriously. But if she really cared about those kids, she would say the progressive caucus supports a wall because a wall would prevent these people from being treated this way. And anyone who had a lawful, quantifiable asylum claim could approach any asylum office in any country they're in, and they will be given refuge in the United States because legal asylum claims, claims that can be adjudicated and, and verified, those people are allowed entrance into the United States. We are a country, we take more asylees than any other nation. We take more refugees than any other nation. But if you're just coming here because you heard we have jobs, then you're gonna have to get at the back of the line of all the people who are also coming here because we have jobs or they're marrying someone who's an American citizen or they just wanna live here because the weather's better, whatever. You can immigrate here for any reason. You just have to do it lawfully. And it takes a long time because it's great to live here. If, if it were fast and easy, everyone would be doing it and we wouldn't have the problem at the border. Which, by the way, it's not fast and easy to immigrate into any country. So I just, I keep going back to over and over and over again, we're seeing in, in this situation that um, nobody really cares about the kids. Now, God cares about the kids. And there's going to be a serious reckoning where every person is going to have to be judged. Every person will be judged on what they were either complacent in this issue that you know, I, I don't, that's not something I want to talk about. That's not an issue I'm interested in. I can't believe how many people will openly admit that they don't know enough about what's going on at the southern border and they don't want to because it's just such a tough issue. And they would just rather talk about, when, and I'm in the same boat when it comes to liking interior design and clothes and following people on Instagram so I can see, you know, they, they have these house tips or how to arrange the best, you know, you want to arrange your roses in a different way. And this lady did a video on, I was like, Ooh, I got to try that the next time I get a little three ninety nine bouquet from Aldi. And so it's, it's not like politics is my whole life or, or that I, I relish the opportunity to report this bad news, but let's, let's just be real here for a second. There are millions of Americans who have no idea what's going on at the Southern border. And if you were to sit them down and say, let me just give you, give me 10 minutes and I'll get you up to speed. They'd say, no, I'm not interested in that. I've got hair videos to watch. And that is the problem. That and the fact that people keep voting for Democrats, keep voting for people like Nancy Pelosi, who she sees these individuals as they're just votes. They're just a means to maintain power. She could maintain power by passing legislation that actually helps people. She could maintain power for the Democrats by ordering her caucus to act in unison to solve some problems Americans are experiencing, to get on board Donald Trump's fight to end the opioid epidemic to address the needs of rural Americans who have been left behind by our social justice or social safety network. She could get away from some of all of these, um, you know, social issue charges. These, these are, these are non-starters with the American people. Single payer, healthcare for illegal aliens. These are not things Americans want. They could actually look at the poll data and here's the top list. And this goes every year and I'll, I'll pull it up. It's been a while since I reported it. Um, Gallup does it. And Real Clear Politics runs a running poll that just gets updated every few weeks on the top issues facing Americans. The Democrats could just print that off the internet. We're not talking about some expensive uh, polling company that they'd have to hire. We're not talking about them hiring on, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a month consultants and a, a whole team of those and some lawyers. We're just talking about them saying, look, here's what, here's what Americans are concerned about. And we're going to run on that. And if they ran on that, they could possibly win. I mean, Democrats have won before by pivoting to kitchen table issues. So it's not like power is outside of what they can get. It's that they want to do things that Americans don't want them to do. So they have to win by hook or by crook. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting to watch them continue to just, it's the, they're like, you know, how when you, your kid is asking you for something and you're like, no, I, we, we, you can't have that right now. So then they'll come back. My toe hurts. And you're like, oh my goodness, what happened to your toe? And then they slide it in. I, can I have a cookie now? You're like, no, no, we're not having any dessert right now. Dinner is in 30 minutes. They come back. My elbow. You're like, what's going on? What's, what's going on with your elbow? 
oh, I really want a cookie. And you're like, what is going on with you? Stop asking me for cookies. Here, you can have an apple. And then all of a sudden, not hungry. That's what happens with the kids. <laughs> can you tell we've had a few kids? So um, the Democrats are like that. They're like, single payer. And Americans are like, no. And they come back, uh, illegal health, illegal alien health care. And the Americans are like, no. <laughs> What's up with that? All right, we'll be back with the last segment of this hour. Stay there. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. Emily Ratajkowski and other Hollywood elites are now admitting that black women have much higher abortion rates than every other demographic. Instead of admitting that Planned Parenthood targets society's weeds, which is white supremacist code for black people, for extermination within the tradition of its founder, Margaret Sanger, famous abortion defenders are making this spurious claim. Peddling the lie that the babies who have been aborted are future criminals makes their death a public service. This means that white liberals believe 40% of black babies will grow up to be criminals. Never mind that this is a completely racist statement that defies all logic. The methodology behind this has been soundly debunked. Never mind that analysis by John R. Lott and John E. Whitley show abortion actually increases crime. No matter what, Democrats just continue to lie and kill the babies for money. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Stacy on the Right is brought to you by the Ask Noah Show, airing every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central. Do you have questions about Linux or tech? Enjoy hearing others speak tech? Well, this is the podcast for you. You can listen to previous episodes at asknoahshow.com. That's asknoahshow.com. Join the Ask Noah Show community by adding their Telegram group or participating in the interactive online community chat. Ask Noah also brings you Speed Technologies. Wherever you are in the U.S., give them a call or click today to learn how Speed can take your business IT infrastructure to the next level. Tune in on demand at asknoahshow.com or listen live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Time. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. Bet you didn't know that cheesy rice cauliflower you're eating for lunch is racist, but it is, according to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And yet another mind-blowing trip into the banalities of her intellect, AOC is found wandering through a community garden, lamenting the produce grown there because white colonialism or something. Yes, my friends, lurking amongst the flora, if there is cauliflower present, are the seeds of colonial environmentalism. Instead of encouraging blacks to grow veg they're familiar with, like yucca plants, Oppressors offer cauliflower, which is white, which means it's bad. You got to admit that AOC has skills. This woman can twist a delicious vegetable into a symbol of dastardly colonial oppression. Of course, I'm already planning a colonial cauliflower mac and cheese for our next Sunday brunch at home. My family will love it. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Welcome back. To Stacy on the right. Hey there, welcome back to the program. Um, and so now it's Friday, and you know we like to do a news rundown where we just cover a lot of different subjects. One of the things that was really fresh, hot news was that the president kind of sent out uh, a message. He said after giving Congress two weeks to act, he says immigrations and immigration and customs enforcement is going to be deporting a ton of people according to him quote a lot of people will be deported after july the 4th now i honestly did president trump really expect the democrats to come up with something and work like work it out that when nancy made those statements about needing a couple of weeks so she could work did, did he really think she was going to do that i'm just i'm really surprised that president trump actually fell for that um he says after july 4th this is a quote a lot of people are going to be brought back out. So people that come up may be here for a short while, but they're going to be back to their countries. Now, there's been a lot of illegal alien crime, which I've covered on the show over and over and over again. And there's a few stories that, honestly, it's Friday. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer on a Friday, but should I cover it? I mean, should I, should I talk about it? Well, we'll see. Um, but a lot of people, according to the president, will be deported. 
Now, the problem with him saying they'll be deported as if that's some kind of final solution is that most of the people who are in eventually make news stories about killing someone or running someone over or whatever, they've been deported multiple times. So they just bounce right back here. It's almost like they land in their country and they immediately travel right back into America. They don't even they don't even stay gone long enough for it to really matter. Like I think we're kind of wasting money with deportations, but according to this story, the president says our laws are so bad they can be changed. I always say 15 minutes make an hour is very simple. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi talked about protecting dreamers, which the president already offered to do. Um, you cannot just say there's a disagreement that anybody coming across the border is breaking the law. That's not true. Anyone who just illegally crosses the border, even if they turn themselves in as an asylee, they've broken the law because our asylum laws state that you can apply for asylum at any U.S. consulate and even the special centers that have been opened up to receive asylum seekers. That this, this is the truth. This, this can happen for you. Um, so it is breaking the law to come here to claim asylum by crossing the border illegally. That is law-breaking. Um, so, you know, I'll just do a quick rundown on the stories here um, of people who have actually multiple deportees who've now committed crimes and they're being, they're going to be prosecuted. They've been apprehended. And this is depressing because these are people who didn't have to die, be raped, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they're pretty serious cases. You've got this man held in Alexander uh, County. He killed a whole family. He, he murdered his ex-wife and the kids. That's in Charlotte. Another case, ICE moves to deport the driver who killed five Marine veterans. Five Marine veterans killed. Dude just, you know, in the country after being deported twice, back here for the third time. Um, so it's just, it, again, it's depressing. It, it doesn't make any sense that we would have our laws structured in such a way to protect those people and innocent Americans have to die. So um, I, I think you might have seen, I think it was kind of funny, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tried to rear up and take on Ivanka Trump, who is very accomplished. Not only does she have a fantastic education, but she is an investor, a company owner, and she has a lot of experience and qualifications that make her just worlds ahead and apart from AOC, who was a bartender with a degree from Brown University. Uh, sorry, Boston University. So uh, former press secretary Sarah Sanders has actually taken to defending uh, Ivanka Trump from AOC. She actually was tweeting President Trump, uh, actually Ivanka Trump, on June 29th after a BBC reporter posted a video of Ivanka participating in the G20 discussions alongside her father. She was chatting with French President Emmanuel Macron and UK Prime Minister Theresa May. So, you know, it may be shocking to some, AOC tweeted, but being someone's daughter isn't actually a career qualification. It hurts our diplomatic standing when the president phones it in and the world moves on. The US needs our president working the G20. Bringing a qualified diplomat couldn't hurt either. Now, I don't know why she feels like she can fix her mouth to criticize anybody as unqualified as she is and the gaffes that she's made. She's one of those people who she should be sitting down quietly, allowing the adults in the room to teach her so that she could be found ready to actually do the work. So uh, Ivanka has actually, since the first day she set foot in the White House, been focused on women's education and economic empowerment. She helped launch the administration's Women Global Development and Prosperity Initiative earlier this year. She also toured parts of the world to promote an, the Economic Initiative for Women. So she's been making this her key signature issue, and she's been working on it since, you know, day one. AOC wasn't even there. She'd been working on it. Now, AOC should spend less time on Twitter. And AOC destroyed jobs in New York. I... Is there anybody out there, anybody who's willing to let AOC forget that jobs paying $150,000 a year were coming to Brooklyn and she destroyed it? So Sarah Huckabee Sanders tweeted out, phoning it in, AOC is wasting your time on Twitter while destroying jobs in New York. <laughs> 32,000 hearts <laughs> on that one. So uh, she also tweeted, real Donald Trump and Ivanka Trump 
actually created millions of new jobs and continue to make the U.S. stronger on the global stage. But thank you for reminding Americans every day why they elected Trump. So apparently Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to continue to be straight fire on Twitter, even though she's no longer the press secretary. Love it. I love that. Um, so again, it makes you wonder what situation we're in where this is the conversation that AOC is having, attacking other women on uh, online social media instead of saying, you know what? I think I'll work on improving conditions for my constituents. Um, I, I think I'll do something important that could help, you know, um, any, any person who lives in mine. So uh, she, does, she, doesn't, she doesn't do that. She won't do it, but she could. And we can always hope and pray that she eventually will. Now, I didn't report on this earlier in the week, but it is actually good news. A Navy SEAL who was being tried on war crimes, no less, has actually been found not guilty in the murder of, well, they were, he was accused of murder. I want to frame this correctly. This Navy SEAL was accused of murder in the death of an ISIS prisoner in Iraq. A military jury actually acquitted him, he's a decorated Navy SEAL, of premeditated murder on July 2nd and the killing of a wounded ISIS captive under his care in Iraq in 2017. The jury also found Special Operations Chief Edward Gallagher not guilty of all other counts except for the violation of posing for photographs with a dead war casualty. So that's a crime. You can't pose for pictures with dead, uh, you know, even if they're whatever, you can't pose with them. So... He's calling it a huge victory. His attorney said, suffice it to say, it's a huge victory and a huge weight off of the Gallagher's. Um, defense lawyers actually said Gallagher was framed by disgruntled platoon members who fabricated the allegations in order to oust him. They said there was no physical evidence to actually support the allegations. So the president has already tweeted out congratulations to the Gallagher family on him being acquitted. And I think he's probably pretty happy um, that he, he can now get on with his life. Um, so there's also this story, and this is kind of, uh, this is kind of a funny one. President Trump is inviting the creator of a specific meme to the White House. Just, just so we know how far social media and the internet has actually impacted everything that we do on a daily basis. President Trump has invited a meme creator famous for making videos in support of Trump to a White House event. Now, you may have heard me talk about him before because I've mentioned his work on the show. He calls himself Carpe Donctum. <laughs> so he posted a photo of the invitation that he received on Twitter expressing gratitude to President Trump. He said he can attend the event. It's a social media summit. It's scheduled for July 11th. And um, he says, thank you for the invite. After working out a few issues with childcare, I happily accept. It's a great honor to have been invited. Now, Donkdom boasts more than 117,000 followers on Twitter. He's a stay-at-home dad, according to his Patreon page. And he says the role gives him time to pursue his passions. Other than my family, I love politics and making people laugh with funny, clever, and high-quality meme videos and images. I've combined my love of politics and comedy and now create memes to support President Trump and MAGA. One of the latest memes that gained, gained a tra uh, the traction on social media and got the attention of President Trump was an edited video that joked about the president staying in office for the number four, Eva, EVA. That <laughs> so was designed to mirror the 2018 cover of Time magazine done in the same style. It's an animated video that depicts President Trump's upcoming campaign signs starting from 2024 and going higher. It's set to the soundtrack of Edvard Grieg's In the Hall of the Mountain King. And then he added a GIF. <laughs> so graphic interface. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically this moving picture. Um, so as the campaign signs flip past, a final sign reads Trump forever. The meme video posted on Trump's personal account on June 21st gained more than 300,000 likes and more than 78,000 retweets as of July 2nd. It was also viewed more than 25.5 million times. Now, I don't want to be braggy, but I did have one video that I did. So remember when President Trump won in 2016, the day after I shot this video, 
in the minivan at the kids' school. I dropped them off and I was listening to the news and people were calling in and they were complaining, it's white people's fault that President Trump won. And I got so mad because I'm not white and I voted for President Trump. And I know a ton of other people who aren't white who voted for President Trump. So I shot this video, it's like a minute and something. And I said, stop blaming white people for President Trump's win. All of us won. We, all of us helped him to win. It was, it, was a, it was a group effort. And for some reason, because I look terrible in the video, I'm exhausted. I had plastered on a little bit of makeup before I left the house. But I was, I'd been up all night the night before watching the returns. Uh, actually, we were at a friend's house until like 2 a.m. And then we just gave up and came home. And I couldn't sleep, so I stayed up. So I'm looking exhausted. I have the camera angle is not great. I shoot this video and it had like 36 or 39 million views because it just got picked up and it was everywhere. Um, and so it's so fun when that happens, but it also, I mean, obviously that happened in 2016. So I don't think I'm getting an invitation to the media summit, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so President Trump actually shared Carpe Dunctum's meme just days after he launched his 2020 re-election campaign with a massive rally in Florida. Duncton was also the creator behind a previous meme that edited footage of former Vice President Joe Biden's video apology to the women that said that he made them feel uncomfortable. Well, it depicts Biden embracing himself. I know you guys saw that one. The Biden meme was eventually picked up by Trump himself, who captioned the post, Welcome back, Joe. So this is awesome. Like this, this is one of those stories where Oh my goodness, it's so funny. Like it is so funny that first of all, that his memes and his videos keep getting picked up by the president. And second of all, that the president, like he elevates these kind of funny things in addition to, uh, you know, the, the president elevates all of them, whether it's, um, just videos or it's gifts or it, he he'll retweet stuff like he'll, he'll totally retweet um, anything that you can think of. And I think that's fun. Um, it gives a little bit of a different side to what he's doing. Um, so if you go, if you look up, look up Carpe Dunctum stuff, he, he usually takes um, <laughs> magazine covers and he has one of Hillary Clinton in one of those $12,000 house dresses. And it says, this is what I was wearing three years ago when Donald Trump attacked democracy by winning the 2016 election. It was my turn. <laughs> so, so that's fantastic. And then he has um, some of the things on here are locked and you know, you have to do a little something to get, get a look at those. Um, and some of the stuff is obviously you can just look at it. But if you go to Twitter, you can check out all of his content. Kind of funny. Um, kind of loving that. I hope he has a good time at the White House. All right, that's the show for today. I got to say it. God bless you from the heartland. Enjoy. I'll be back with you next week. <laughs>